step into the mic today. Dominique Dawes, one of only three gymnasts to be a three-time Olympian, uh, USA Gymnastics Hall of Famer, the first black person of any nationality, whether uh, gender either, to win an Olympic gold medal in gymnastics, co-chair of the President's Council on Fitness, Sports, and Nutrition, appointed by Barack Obama in 2010. But most importantly a DMV native and owner of the Dominique Dawes Academy in Clarksburg, Maryland. So let's start there. Dominique, first and foremost, thank you for your time. COVID-19 hits and you open up your academy. So what kind of challenges have you faced uh, with that now? You know, I will say opening the Dominique Dawes Gymnastics and Ninja Academy, actually, I always like to focus on ninja. People think I'm just doing gymnastics up here and I'm also doing ninja and I'd love to share with you more about it. I would say that right now our numbers obviously are very low because of COVID, but it gives me an opportunity to connect with each and every family that comes through our doors, knowing kids' names, knowing that families are going on vacation, asking them about vacation. It's all about building that very tight-knit community, and it's been a blessing. Well, tell me more about the ninja aspect of it because, I mean, I watched the Olympics. I watched you in your career, so I know exactly uh, what that is, but break down the ninja part for me. Well, Ninja is very much like American Ninja Warrior. We have a course and it's amazingly fun. It's very challenging, but it's very energetic and fun as well. We're serving kids from ages four to even 94. So we're serving adults as well. And the minute that moms and dads see the space, not so much the moms, but the dads right away want to run up that warp wall. So we train everyone here. It's great classes. I have positive instructors. They're encouraging kids and making sure that everyone is number one getting out of the house, being physically active, as well as emotionally healthy as well. You say emotionally healthy. And one of the things that I saw with you and something you dealt with in your career is just, we think of the glory, we think of the gold medals, but there's also the pain. How are you trying to make your academy different to where, you know, young athletes aren't dealing with body shaming and those sort of issues? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you just brought that up because Really what's motivated me to do this first and foremost is the fact I'm a mother of four kids. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and two and a half-year-old twins. And so my, myself and my husband, we definitely have our hands full. But in 2016, when everything came out about the Larry Nassar scandal and the abuse in the sport of gymnastics, I think it started shining the light on the fact that the sport of gymnastics has a very unhealthy culture, not just all, not just all about sexual abuse, but the physical, emotional, and the physical abuse and verbal abuse that's out there. And so I have two older daughters that love the sport of gymnastics, but I don't know a positive environment that I would want to put them in. So that's when the seed was planted to start the Dominique Dawes Gymnastics and Ninja Academy. And I love the fact that, you know, I am very involved. I mean, I own the facility. My husband is very involved. And we are hand selecting coaches that truly care about impacting the lives of every single child that comes through the doors. Not just those that have the potential to go to the Olympics or want to compete, but every single kid matters to us. Well, for those listening to our podcast that are not familiar with Larry Nasser, um, he is serving 60 years in a federal prison after pleading guilty to child pornography charges and uh, received another sentence for 175 years. And he was part of USA Gymnastics for a very long time. And there's been several documentaries and, and books about just the atrocities that he committed uh, with sexual abuse in the sport. Yeah. From your perspective, how was he able to get away with that for so long? 
Well, I worked with Larry from 1991 till 2000. And as a young child, and I was very much a young child when I first started working with him, there were no red flags that went up with me. Um, I really trusted him just, in, just as many young athletes did trust him. However, he was able to get away with what he got away with for nearly decades because of the culture of the sport of gymnastics. It very much is a culture, as I mentioned earlier, that um, there's a great deal of physical abuse, verbal abuse, mental abuse, you name it. And so kids are living in fear many times in their gymnastics environments. It's not uncommon for um, a young gymnast um, that's competing to be yelled at, to be body shamed, um, to be ridiculed, to be demeaned, to be kicked out. Um, many girls walk into the gym with tears. They leave the gym in tears and people ignore it. And it's really sad. And that's why I do believe he was able to um, take advantage of these young girls because they were very vulnerable and they were very broken down and beaten from that environment. From the other side of that coin, the inspiration. Um, you think back to some of the accolades we can point out with you as being the first. Well, now in 2016, you have other household names that go alongside Dominique Dawes, two of them in the same year, in Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles. Oh, amazing. When, when I saw them, I thought of you immediately. How much pride and a, a sense of joy do you have seeing their success? Well, I remember I was actually in London for the 2012 Olympic Games when Gabby won, and I was sitting there doing some work at that time uh, with Fox Sports, and I had an opportunity to cover it, and I was in tears and literally broke down in the interview because I could understand now uh, the impact that she was going to leave and the legacy that she was gonna leave because of what she was able to achieve. And I was so very proud of that young girl. And it was something that no one expected. And that's what I loved about it even more that she was the underdog. She was not the individual getting all the, the accolades and the attention, uh, but she, you know, she stepped up, she earned it. And, um, you know, I truly felt like the sky was the limit for her. But, you know, what disappoints me is following her making history. She did something that I never did. And I truly do believe that she was not able to, um, she didn't become America's sweetheart like, like she should have, uh, because what she did, not on American soil, but out of the country was pretty spectacular. And she was, you know, it, it just didn't, you know, she didn't become America's sweetheart. And I wish she should have. She should have. Why do you suppose that is? Because I guess it's about perspective, because for me, there's no no bigger name. But explain that to me. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why um, she seemed for some reason to get a lot of negative attention from fans following the, that, those Olympic Games. Um, there was more of a focus on some of her features, like her hair, versus on what she was able to achieve. And as a three-time Olympian, what she did was pretty darn spectacular. And it's something um, that I'm going to share with my daughters as well as with my son. And I even named my middle child. My middle child's middle name is Gabriella after Gabrielle Douglas. And so um, I will honor her as best as I can by speaking very, um, you know, honoring her achievements and fondly of her. But I just don't know why following those Olympic Games, she didn't become the, become the biggest name in the sport of gymnastics. Do you have a relationship? Do you two speak about this? No, we don't speak about it. I mean, I, the last time I saw her, I think it was at a, I feel like it was at, at an Olympic trials, um, you know, and I got to chat with Natalie, her mom as well. And it sounds as if she's very busy and, you know, enjoying, you know, her brand and making a positive difference. But I will say that for what she achieved and the impact that she 
was able to make. I feel as if, um, you know, she should have become much bigger than she did. Well, certainly an icon as an African-American woman like yourself. And there's another name that fits that category I want to speak to you about. Ah, for those that listen to this podcast, they already know the road I'm about to go down. Okay. When I say the last name Obama, right, I try to oh, control oh. my emotions. I thought it was going to be Simone Biles if you're talking about Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michelle okay. Obama. Oh, okay, yeah. Right, Barack Obama. Uh, what was it like the first time that you spoke with them in, and how did they contact you? Oh, I was contacted via, via phone and I got a call and I don't remember who it was that called, but they had asked if um, I would be interested in, in being a part of the President's Council on Fitness, Sports and Nutrition during the Obama administration. And I remember not saying yes right away and saying, hey, I need to know more about what these responsibilities look like because my whole thing is I'm not going to say yes to something just because it looks great um, and I'm not fully able to give 110%, but uh, I quickly you know, learned more about it, was, you know, in the White House soon thereafter. I mean, especially living so close to the DC line. Um, I was able to go quite a bit. Um, got to know Barack, great guy, uh, very down to earth, more introverted like I am. Uh, Michelle, just a spectacular woman. Anything you would ever think and imagine about um, what she's about, she truly, um, you know, I think is a phenomenal role model and someone that I worked very closely with, um, as I did the work, focusing on health and fitness for young girls, women, families. And so to really help be an ambassador for the Let's Move initiative was truly an honor. And I do think we were able to educate and empower families, young girls and kids upon the importance of living a physically uh, active life and uh, also learning about proper nutrition. That was 10 years ago that you started that initiative, which sounds crazy, I know. Yeah, did you have goals set do you feel as if you accomplished those? Um, you know, trying to just plant a positive seed. Um, I think through words, through actions, trying to be a positive role model, I think we did accomplish those goals. Um, and I think I'm continuing in that legacy with the work that I'm doing now by starting this Gymnastics and Ninja Academy. Um, in Clarksburg, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people come through our doors every week. We have just under a thousand members that have pre-signed up for our Gymnastics and Ninja classes. And it's all about teaching them um, how to live a healthy lifestyle, how to boost and lift up a young person's self-esteem, how to build and foster healthy friendships, um, how to focus on your emotional health because everyone's been quarantined for what, almost a half a year? We're struggling physically, we're struggling emotionally, we're struggling financially, we're struggling. So um, this has been um, a beautiful experience. As I mentioned earlier, we only have a few hundreds coming through our doors right now, but I'm able to connect with each and every mom, dad, grandma, kid that comes through our doors. I'm getting to know, I'm chatting with, I'm in the ninja room, I'm in the preschool room, I'm on the rec floor, and it's, it's been fun. We're building this, this community, and I love the fact that many times I sit back in my office, because I try not to get on the floor and coach, because I think if I go on the floor and coach, I'll never get off the floor. Um, but I enjoy being married and I enjoy knowing my kids, so I'm not going to try to do it all. And so many times I sit in my office and I'll listen to parents get to know each other and they'll laugh and they'll come up with these uh, common connections and stuff. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, we met years ago or what have you. And then their kids, I look, you know, through my video monitor that sits right here and I'm seeing the kids like give air high fives to each other or, you know, my, one of my instructors came up with COVID heel taps or something that kids are giving distant heel tests to one another. And I love seeing that, that these are friendships that are fostered here. And in 10, 15, 20 years, you know, they're gonna continue to be friends for life. And, and that's really what this is about. And I hope to continue this legacy.
Well, you surprised me with the age that uh, kids can come in. So tell me, how young can they get started? Oh, very young. I mean, they could be crawling nine months old. So your little one, like you said, next month needs to come in here because we have an amazing preschool facility. It serves from nine months to six years old. It All of my spaces are very separated. The preschool space is its own designated space. So you don't have to worry about your little one being trampled over by a 13-year-old that's tumbling down the vault runway or what have you. And then I have a ninja space that's ages four to 94 in honor of my grandfather. That's extremely, um, you know, extremely old in life. And then um, we also offer adult classes in the ninja space as well. And then on the rec side, it's from six and a half up until about 21 years old. We do not, unfortunately, offer adult gymnastics on the ninja side, mainly so that I do not get on the floor and try to come back for a fourth Olympic <laughs> game because it's truly over. <laughs> Okay, so what can you do now? I mean, <laughs> I imagine how we know how great you were. What do you still have in the tank? Well, I I will say my husband is watching all these like media news broadcasts about Chelsea Memel, who's coming back for I think a second Olympics, and she's thirty two and she's a mom of two kids. And he was like, "What's up with that? Can you you know like do you think you'd be able?" To <laughs> Not a chance. Like my kids get mad at me because mommy won't flip. And I don't flip because I don't want to be in pain for the rest of my life. So I'm really smart. Um, I will avoid trampolines most times. Um, but I mean, I'll do basic stuff just for fun. But I am really done. I got to remind people of that. All right. So non-basic stuff, vault, <laughs> balance beam, floor exercise, uneven bars, all things that you won gold in. What was your favorite event? Um, probably the floor. Um, the floor was my best event mainly because I was a pretty, I was a pretty strong tumbler. Uh, back in the day, I was known to do an up and back tumbling pass where I would start on one end of the floor, go one end and come right back. Um, you know, I was pretty spectacular and dynamic with that and the audience would go wild. Um, and then I would also smile and try to perform to the crowd. Um, I know the audience loved my floor, but my favorite was balance beam. It was always a challenging event. It's four feet off the ground. It's four inches wide. Most people do not like doing the beam. It's their least favorite event. Um, men should not do the beam, um, but I loved it. And, and to this day, I kind of wish I could still flip on it, but I'm good standing on the floor. 92, 96, 2000. Uh, what was your favorite Olympics and what was your favorite moment? Oh, well, I would say favorite Olympics, obviously winning gold is pretty spectacular um, in 96. Um, 2000 was pretty awesome to know that I was done wearing leotards for the rest of my life. So it was good to retire. I was like, I'm good. Um, 92 was awesome because I got to meet the dream team. And so in 1992, that was the one Olympic games that I got to stay in the Olympic village. So I felt like, oh, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And so we stayed in the Olympic village and one day someone came over and they said, Hey ladies, the dream team is here for accreditation. Do you want to meet them? And we were all super excited. So we ran over to their team bus. We lined up shortest to tallest because gymnasts, unfortunately, are trained to be little robots. And off walks the bus of, um, off the bus came Larry Bird. Nicest guy ever, but come to find out, people are like, he's so not nice, but he was so nice to us. <laughs> he was so nice to us. And so we walked on and it was cool. I met Magic, I met Michael Jordan, I met, you know, Clyde Drexler. I think, I don't know if Carl Malone was there, but you know, like he was on that team, but majority of them were on the bus and I remember walking along the bus on the inside and they were taller than us sitting and we were standing up walking. 
Yeah, I mean, people don't realize I work with uh, Barkley and Shaq, oh, and I, I try to oh, yeah. tell people when they walk, I'm I am six feet two twenty five, okay. and I feel like a little person next to them. So, I was four how tall? There you go. I was four foot eight and maybe eighty pounds, um, and I spent much of my time at the ninety two Olympics in the um, athletic trainer's office because I was always in pain. And every single day I got to chat with Charles Barkley there. Like he was always there. And yeah, I don't know what I said, but I remember whatever he said, he left me in tears because he was the funniest dude ever. Okay. Here's a question for you. The first time I met Chuck, we had a few drinks and I told him he sounded like Muhammad Ali. Is that a fair assessment? If you just hear his voice, not what he's saying, but just the voice. Yes. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't agree with you. No, he he just like looked at me and kept making more jokes. And I don't know. I I think he was kind of feeling all right at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Before we let you go, I I still got one more professional question. Okay. Being on the cover of the Wheaties box. What in the how does that feel? I mean, everyone knows about it. But when you see it and it did you have one in your house? Like, what is that feeling? Yeah, I think I had one in my house and I'm sure my brother opened it up and ate the Wheaties. you know, I am by nature a very, and Andre can tell you this, I'm a very private person. I'm very introverted. Um, and I truly believe this was not the life that was intended for me because my husband is like, how did you achieve all these great things and you've been everywhere and yet you'd rather just be home with us, like me, the four kids, and you're content just looking back at our like waterfall in the back or something, you know? And I'm like, that's really, I love the simple things in life. Um, quarantining truly with my family has been a dream. I actually like the bubble. Um, but I also know that I need to connect with people. I love that I can make that positive impact. And really the Wheaties box um, was truly an honor. I remember walking through the grocery store, it was there, and then I was bombarded. Um, so that was a little hard for a little little girl that was an introvert and was a teenager. Um, but to this day, my kids are super excited about those those moments. And so I'm excited to share the stories with them. Well, for those looking to meet and greet and learn from a living legend, it's a Dominique Dawes Gymnastics Academy. Tell everyone how they can find it, how they can get involved, and where you're located. Well, what we're telling people to do is just come stop by. We're right in Clarksburg, Maryland. You can also look at our website, which is DominiqueDawesGymnasticsAcademy.com to get more information on our classes, to understand what we're about. But truly, come through our doors, see our COVID procedures, our policies in action. It's going to be a very safe environment for your kids. And I'm trying to plead with parents, and I feel the same way as a mom of four. we got to get our kids out of the house. we got to get them off the phone. we got to focus on our kids' physical health, their social health, and their emotional health. You don't understand, Chris, how many people come through my doors and they are thanking me for staying open because their kids are struggling. Their kids are struggling because they're addicted to social media, they're addicted to phones, they see changes in their kids with regards to depression or becoming isolated or having anxiety and not wanting to leave the house because of the fear that's being instilled in a lot of people. And so what I share and what I plead to parents is come in, take a tour, see what we're about. Um, We're trying to do things the best that we can, but I also have very positive, uplifting, and encouraging coaches that care about each and every kid that walks through our doors. On that note, um, with COVID-19, which safety precautions are are you making to, to make people understand? Very good question. Well, we just posted on our social media page, which is Dawes Gymnastics Academy, a short video clip that's 60 seconds that shows everyone what we do. Everyone is wearing masks 24-7. I'm in my office by myself, which is why I'm not wearing my mask. Um, It is right here, though. 
Um, but everyone is required to wear masks ages two years old and up. Um, according to Montgomery County, it is mandated. Some people are saying it's three, but even our two-year-olds are wearing masks, even in class. We also are requiring when you come through the doors, use hand sanitizer, we take your temperature. Parents fill out a health screening, screening questionnaire. Um, and then from there, you agree to social distance while you're in the facility, in the lobby area, as well as in classes. And so throughout classes, our coaches do such a phenomenal job to ensure social distancing to the best of their abilities. They wear masks 24 seven and they are constantly sanitizing um, the space. After kids leave, after each class, they're spraying down the mats, they're spraying down the chairs that the parents sat in and they're wiping and cleaning everything. Okay, so head out to Clarksburg, the Dominique Dawes Gymnastics and Ninja Academy. <laughs> See, I forgot last time. I got it this time. Okay. Dominique, uh, thanks for hanging out with us and stepping to the mic. Thanks for having me.